everybody. Welcome to another episode of Plugged In, the Con Edison podcast on everything about energy and what we all can do towards a clean energy future. I'm Philip O'Brien. Con Edison is working to transform the old energy grid into one that is cleaner, more resilient, and more affordable. That transformation will also accommodate the new forms of renewable energy to reach our clean energy goals, while also improving cybersecurity and enhancing customer privacy. A key element in reaching that dynamic is data. Lots and lots of data. We're gonna learn all about the dynamic grid and dive into some of that trove of data with our guest. Damien Schiano is Con Edison's Director of Distribution Planning. Welcome, Damien. Thank you, appreciate that, Phil. Glad to be here. Yeah, so let's start with, now distribution is what we refer to as the ways that energy gets from wherever it is made to the wires and outlets in homes and businesses for them to use. So what is the, the older way of distributing energy and what is changing within it? Sure, Phil. Um, you know, everything used to be uh, one directional on the grid. We would generate the power at great big power plants and then we transmit it and distribute it to the customers. You know, but now with uh, exciting technologies like rooftop solar and energy storage, it's actually possible that some of that power is going to be coming from within the grid itself. And so since the system uh, wasn't originally set up that way and is uh, operated as a one-way sy system for decades, it, it certainly takes some um, adjusting to the technology of the grid and the way we plan and operate it to uh, handle that two-way flow of data and, and some of these exciting new technologies. So it's a lot more than just changing a sign that points this way or that way. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yes. You know, there's some physical things we have to change in the infrastructure so that they realize that the reverse power is not problematic for the system. And then certainly just um, being aware and conscious of all these uh, additional points of generation that uh, uh, historically have never existed before is important. And, and right away, you can kind of sense where data um, would help the operators uh, and the and the utilities operate the system better. Okay, so and a lot of people are familiar with the term like smartphone and such, and I believe some people refer to this as the smart grid, the new way of doing things. But you don't really, you're not crazy about that, right? I, I think the grid is actually pretty smart today. You know, there's a tremendous amount of uh, engineering. Uh, and material science that go into, you know, providing this power very close to, to six nines reliability to customers every day. I think what uh, what's being asked for is a more dynamic grid, you know, one that um, handles like intermittent resources like solar and wind that are just incredibly important for the environment. Um, but are very challenging uh, to the distribution system. Damien, could you elaborate a little bit on how the dynamic grid will be different from today's grid? Sure, absolutely, Phil. And, and again, this is where it's not so much that uh, we have to make the grid smart. It was already very smart. You know, it's this set it and forget it uh, kind of uh, arrangement that we have. You know, we make sure that everything's in place and can be there to provide the uh, power that the customers need. 
The newer version of the grid is much more dynamic based. You know, to get the advantage of these green resources, you kind of have to have a grid that's just much more dynamic in terms of, you know, responding when the sun uh, goes behind a cloud and all of a sudden all the solar generation backs off or the wind stops blowing and the wind generation has to back off. Now, all of a sudden, you're not in this set it and forget it mode. You're in this anticipatory mode um, where you're constantly, you've got these advanced uh, forecasting tools and you've got these uh, much quicker operational resources like energy storage um, that you're just constantly uh, and dynamically um, adjusting the power you're generating and the demand the customers have with uh, with the weather resources, quite frankly, the intermittent resources on the system. And that's um, that's challenging, but it's a challenge that we're ready to meet. And when you say intermittent weather, you're talking about on the days when the sun doesn't shine. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, it's even more extreme than that. Obviously, um, you know, there's plenty of times when the sun is not shining. There's night, there's cloudy days. But I mean, think about just a regular day with clouds rolling in and rolling out. Um, you know, the intensity of the sun changes dramatically uh, in, in a matter of seconds. And, um, you know, certainly understanding what's going to happen as a storm rolls in and as that sun is, is slowly blocked <laughs> and then maybe very deeply blocked by a thunderstorm and then maybe actually alleviated. Um, again, not set it, forget it. This is a very dynamic mode where you're forecasting how that's going to happen. And you're responding uh, at an instant and, and instant by instant as that storm rolls in to make sure that the customers are unaffected and that they're uh, they're getting the energy that they need to live their lives. So we're really excited about this. And we think that the, uh, the electric distribution system is going to be critical, critical to enabling this green energy future. And why do we need to move to this dynamic grid? Really because of the environment, I, I, I guess there's actually two things, right? The environmental goals are, are critical, and uh, a lot of the resources we're going to use uh, that are green are, are, are also intermittent, right? So that's part of the reason. And then the other thing is just customer, uh, evolving customer needs. You know, they want to drive electric vehicles. They want to charge from the grid. Um, they want to put energy storage in their house, and they may be willing to uh, occasionally help the grid out, you know, for kind of a, uh, a monetary benefit where everybody wins uh, by feeding power back into the grid to maybe help the system out. So there's, I think those are the two main drivers, you know, the, the green policies and, and evolving customer uh, needs. And within all those areas, data is essential to running this grid, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. You that I described where we generate from one place and deliver it to customers, you know, there's maybe dozens of generators running on on every on any given day. As big as New York State is and as uh, much energy as the 19 million um, uh, residents use. Uh, but now we're talking about potentially having tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or maybe even millions uh, of these distributed energy resources, DERs. That's kind of the buzzword for that. Um, you know, that could include rooftop solar, energy storage, electric vehicles, and even smart appliances, things like that. So all of a sudden now you're orchestrating um, not just dozens of generators, but, but potentially millions of them. And so you just get this exponential increase um, in the amount of data that's going to be 
needed to run the system and the amount of data that customers are going to want to have to inform their own decisions. And uh, also, you know, information for third parties to kind of bring these new technologies to bear, like, like, the, DE, like the distributed energy resources. Could you tell us a little bit more about where, what are some of the data points that help indicate usage for, for regular sure. folks? Sure. You know, um, we, Con Edison has already had like very sophisticated load flow models. So that even though you can't, you obviously can't see the electricity, you can't hear the electricity, but where we could anticipate where it's going and how it's being used and how to optimally use it. Um, and we've had that, you know, for decades, but getting uh, our AMI data, our, our automatic uh, meter infrastructure in place so that now our meters can give us even more uh, resolution on where that power is going and how our customers are using it. I mean, literally right right up to their, um, you know, households, uh, that, that would just be one of the examples of where we're going to go from roughly, just to give you an, a number, you know, the 30,000 data points that we get from our existing network transformers, we're going to be going to the 3.3 million of all our electric customers on the system. So again, just an exponential increase in uh, the amount of data we're going to get and the resolution and insight we'll have into our system. I've heard you describe it as drinking water from a fire hose. What do you mean by that? <laughs> right, right. You know, when you're thirsty, you kind of want to walk up to a, a, a water force, you know, press the button and, <laughs> and get a little bit of water at once. You don't want to be uh, sprayed with, uh, you know, a, a three-inch uh, diameter fire hose at uh, whatever the pressure is, you know, 100 PSIG. Uh, and that's really what, what that expression is. So there's concepts like we call them data by exception, where you're maybe you're taking those 3.3 million customer data points in, but you're only having the one that's maybe at a low voltage or something like that report back to you. So you, you take the exception out of those so that you're not drinking from the fire hose. So, yeah, I love that expression. Um, and, and hopefully that, that helps illustrate an example of it with the with data where we, we wouldn't want to drink from the fire hose and uh, every every 15 minutes look at the voltage of all the customers all the time. We would just want to know the ones that are out of a certain range so that we could address that. You're listening to Plugged In, Con Edison's podcast about energy and what we can all do towards a clean energy future. Please follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Our handle is at Con Edison. Now, let's return to today's episode. Damien, we've been having a good chat about the clean energy future and how data is so essential towards meeting that goal. So you've been describing a lot of things about all the data points that the, the new dynamic grid would enable uh, Con Edison and other energy companies to use and benefit the environment and their customers. So let's talk about the customers. What would that mean to them? And what can they do within this new way of operating? Right, sure. I mean, the customers are the whole reason that we exist for this, right? And, and now we can offer them you know, much more insight into, into their energy usage so that they can tailor it for what they need, right? I mean, if you think about it, um, you know, getting a bill once a month 
um, is not the most useful information to make decisions on, right? It, the customer may decide that it's too much, but there's not necessarily a path to action that they can take. Now, when we provide them our AMI data, which they, uh, which that's that's almost completely rolled out. We've got about 90% of our customers now are uh, benefiting from uh, AMI, and uh, and by the end of 2022, that'll be all of our customers. Um, now they can look at their data; it's much more granular, and they can share it with third parties that they think maybe can tailor different energy solutions to what they need. So, this information like that is going to be extremely useful for somebody who's trying to decide whether or not they want to install solar panels on their roof can get a very realistic and accurate viewpoint of how much energy they could potentially save from putting that in into their house. There's demand response programs we have that allow customers to reduce load at key times during the year. Uh, we, we actually try to, you know, it's not a daily thing. We, we usually only ask them on, on really hot days and get some kind of monetary benefit for doing that. So it's another thing where, again, having that more detailed information on how they use the system allows them to figure out if they even want to participate, if it's worth their while. And it's not hard to imagine when electric vehicles come, programs where they'll be able to charge them at certain times of the day and maybe be incented or at least pay less money for charging at those times, you know, maybe in the evenings uh, versus in the middle of the day or during during really hot periods of time. And, and you know, eventually we're really excited about getting something called, um, uh, you know, grid to vehicle to grid charging where the customer may even be able to choose to let the electric vehicle charge the grid on certain under certain circumstances. So in other words, they would be able to return electricity to the grid. That's correct. That's correct. Wow. Exactly. You know, wow. they may know that they're not going to go out for the day and, uh, and it, and it may make sense for them to discharge their electric vehicle for a couple of hours into the grid. Um, Especially, again, you know, in a win-win. Yes. Yeah, exactly, Phil. That's yeah. exactly right. Everybody benefits. And that and that's what I mean by win-win. Obviously, the grid is going to be better off. Right. Uh, the customer is going to realize some some kind of incentive, likely in the term, uh, in, in monetary terms. Um, so everybody wins in that situation. Right. Now, you said, Damien, that people, customers who have an AMI or smart meter already can see what their usage is in intervals. And I should add that all our customers will soon have um, a smart meter or AMI. Uh, But who else can see this data that they are able to see? The customers can see that data and then they have the choice because they have the choice and the power. Uh, to share that data with a third party that they're dealing with or that they want to deal with and that can help uh, inform them uh, on their different energy things that they can, the different choices that uh, they can make. But that data share is voluntary. The data share is voluntary under the customer's control mm-hmm. and they can rescind it when, whenever they want. You know, okay. so we, we, you know, we knew that was very important. Um, you know, customer privacy is important. They certainly, um, you know, want to control uh, who knows about uh, their their private information as well as their, the way that they use energy, um, but that there are circumstances where they will want to control it. So we've given them the power. Um, you know, we use uh, an application called Green Button Connect. Um, we've actually branded it internally as Share My Data, which is, you know, much more descriptive term so the customer can understand 
and they're looking for it, that that's what they're trying to do. And uh, again, it, it puts the power in the customer's hands. So, so Damien, I'm going to throw some bureaucraties at you that I have here. What is the integrated energy data resource order and the data access framework order? Excellent. Yeah. You know, in a nutshell, Phil, they, those two orders underscore, uh, you know, New York State and our regulators' belief and commitment to the fact that data is going to be critical to unleashing uh, the green energy future and helping meet all of the ambitious environmental goals that we have. So the integrated energy data resource specifically talks about a centralized uh, database where a third party specifically can come and get, you know, customer information that's been shared, that customers are going to decide to share with them. And it even extends it to uh, data on the utility distribution system itself. So, you know, one of the examples of that is like non-wire solutions where um, the utilities share places that we're going to have to make upgrades to the system. And it's possible that third parties will uh, will come along and, and actually offer to install customer-owned uh, generation or storage or things like that that would allow us to not have to spend that traditional money on the uh, utility solution, but instead incent these newer technologies that the third parties are coming with. And ultimately that's going to be better for the environment. So that's, so again, I know I said a lot there, but that's what the integrated energy data resources. It's a database on both system and customer data. And then hand in hand with that, um, you know, is the need to protect customer privacy and to maintain the cybersecurity of the uh, of the systems that the utilities use to run the distribution system, as well as the related physical security of all the assets that we have. So the data access framework order describes how we do that. Basically, it describes the framework of how we uh, allow third parties that we that are going to be called uh, energy serving entities how it allows them to be certified and access that data in a way that's uh, private and safe and cybersecure for everybody. Damien, who's going to approve and regulate these third-party entities that will want to use and develop this data? Right. Great question, Phil. Again, I just want to stress, you know, we want to make sure the customer's privacy is paramount and protected. And that the uh, the cybersecurity of the electric infrastructure is also uh, protected and 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 made safe. So um, the utilities actually filed uh, the utilities in New York State actually filed a data access implementation plan, um, kind of just outlining a process that there'll be a third party that will actually certify uh, any of the energy serving entities, which are the users of this data. These are the third parties looking to get into that data. You know, to make sure that they have the structure at their office, m- meaning both the, uh, you know, the servers and the cybersecure communication, et cetera, and so on, um, to protect any data that's shared with them. And obviously that they use that data just for what they're being certified to use that data for. So that's really important, having that uh, implementation plan and process. And we anticipate that there'll be a third party uh, hired that's already got this expertise in, in certifying third parties 
implementing that for New York State for this central database called the Integrated Energy Data Resource. So now we've discussed how the dynamic energy grid will be very reliant on data in order to be effective. And we've discussed how all of that is likely to benefit customers and also how they would be protected. But how does it all benefit the energy company? Right. Yeah. For us, this is a windfall also. You know, we have just so much more data than we would have had in the past. I kind of use the example, you know, from from 30,000 data points at our network transformers to now 3.3 million right up to uh, where the customer is using that data. So we can use that uh, right away to better outage management, better day-to-day operation of the system, and just better service for the customer. The other thing we can leverage is the telecommunication infrastructure that we've already put in place, you know, and add different sensors onto the system, things that didn't even exist 10 or 20 years ago. You know, one of the more exotic ones might be a um, an infrared camera in some of our underground structures where heat can occasionally build up and be a problem. So this would give us insight that we just never had before into our system. You know, we're building the tools to take in this data, interpret it, use it by exception, like as I mentioned, and, you know, ultimately get to the point where we've just got some some strong state-of-the-art analytics to start intuiting things on the system uh, long before they happen. So we're, we're like super excited for that future. We're already well on our way there. And, um, you know, I think, I think the next few years are just going to be really, really exciting. Can't wait. Thank you so much, Damien Schiano, for explaining all this to us. And we hope to uh, have you return and tell us how things are going along the way. Great. Really appreciate that, Phil. Great talking to you. And that's our show. If you have a thought or question, please email us at podcasts at coned.com. We'd love to hear from you. Let's be engaged. Let's learn more and let's have some fun. I'm Philip O'Brien. And until next time, stay plugged in.